Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the Steelers preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, co editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, joined with Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer and other co-editor, Dave Schofield. We just spent an entire 30 plus minutes talking about Feetner and Surrett and Matt Canada. And so before we get into the defensive side, I did want to mention and ask you guys if it matters, really. It matters a little bit. James Daniels, who's been a tight ends coach for the Steelers for well over a decade, has announced that he's retiring. So it's yet another coach that the Steelers are going to have to fill that position. Big deal or not a big deal? Brian, we'll start with you. Actually, you cut out for a second, Jeff, and I apologize. I did not hear the beginning of that part. And this, I don't want to throw Daniel, out of Seattle. That's fine. James Daniel, <laughs> <laughs> James Daniel, the tight end coach, has retired. And so, therefore, they are going to have to fill that position. Is that a big deal? You know, it's not because that's, that's a position that uh, – that you know, I think that's a position that you can go ahead and fill. I don't think you're going to uh, lose too much out of that because it's not responsible for scheme as much as getting the players ready. So I, I'm not too concerned about uh, about James Daniel leaving. I thought he did a pretty good job for all the years that he was here. He was here since 2004. Uh, he had a he had some very good tight ends in that day. Well, mainly Heath Miller, but he took guys like Matt Spath and made them work on this team. He took guys like David Johnson and uh, 
and made things work. Wesley Saunders for a little bit. Those guys that were not big names made them work, and he was very good about getting getting uh, guys to block and do those do those little things that need to be done. I mean, he had guys like Tuman and guys like Ma that that you know they're not huge names, but he had good success with. I think you could replicate that though. Okay, Dave, what are your thoughts on Daniel retiring? Um, I think Brian said it pretty well. He had been around. I mean, his first year with the Steelers was Ben's first year with the Steelers. So he's been here a long time and maybe just with all the changes, it was time for him to go. But like I said, this is just one more position that if you're going to be, um, looking for an offensive coordinator to say, Hey, we have some spots open. If you have the right people to help do what you want to do. And and I, I think that'll be important moving forward. I, with Daniel gone, what's crazy is what what all their offensive coaches, you know, that actually have a have a position assigned to them have been here no more than two years. So yeah. it's really a big changeover. Well, let's remember this too: is that from 2019 2020, all the Steelers did was add coaches. That's when they added Matt Canada. They brought in Ike Hilliard. They did not get rid of anyone, and now they're looking at a significant amount of turnover. Um, in their coaching staff. Let's talk about Tom Bradley. He was a former UCLA, former Penn State coach. They brought him from the college ranks up to the NFL. He's been here, I don't know how many years, like three or four, I think. Um, he is the secondary coach. He gets he gets fired. <laughs> and so everyone's thinking, oh, Terrell Austin, who's the defensive specialist, the assistant coach for the defense. He's done a good job since he's come over from Cincinnati. He is interviewing with the Tennessee Titans uh, and for that defensive coordinator position that's available down in Tennessee and Nashville. This is quite the conundrum for me. I, th- I th- If I'm the Steelers, I need to keep Austin. I, I want to keep Austin. You need him. Because as Steel Dog 88 puts $2 in the tip jar, he says it's 2021 Keith Butler's last. I'm hurt hearing year to year. That's more news that broke today was that Keith Butler has – reportedly going to be staying, but he's going to be on a year to year basis. So guys real quick, I mean, we can talk about Bradley Austin or Butler on the defensive side. Brian, what are your thoughts? This is a real tough one for me as far as Bradley goes, but I got to go back to the fact that before Terrell Austin got here, that secondary was in complete shambles and Bradley was a part of that. Um, before Austin. It might have only been one season where you thought he was going to come in and clean things up, and it actually got worse. So I think Austin made things better coming in. So I'm wondering if that's what they're looking at when they made this when they made this decision to get rid of uh, him with knowing that you have one guy that is year to year in Keith Butler, knowing that Terrell Austin might be your future defensive coordinator, or he might be a guy that's somewhere else, like we just heard. So I'm not sure exactly what went on here in this situation, but I keep going back to the fact that when he was here by himself, and that doesn't include Butler, but without Austin, he was bad. So I guess that's what happened. Dave, what are your thoughts on the defensive side of the football? Yeah, when they brought in Austin, I almost thought that that was a little bit of a writing on the wall. We thought that maybe Bradley might've been gone sooner. Yeah. And we're like, was this one of these deals where he wasn't working? So they bring in an extra person 
to kind of basically do his job and phase him out. I would just be surprised if it took him that long to do that. I don't know if that's exactly what happened or not. To me, Terrell Austin is – I don't want to see him go into the to the defensive coordinator role because, in my opinion, he's, he's a Keith Butler. He's the kind of coach that is a much better position coach than he is a coordinator, much like – even like Randy Feetner, you know, just like some coordinators don't make good head coaches, some position coaches don't make the best coordinators. And he was not good when he was in Cincinnati. So if, if he goes, I understand. But to me, I, I think where he would thrive the best is staying as the secondaries coach in Pittsburgh. I think that's just the obvious move if he doesn't move up to something else. Now, uh, to me, the news here, yeah, I want to keep Austin, as I said, the news here was also Butler getting a year-to-year contract. I think that's a really smart move by the Steelers. It gives Butler the flexibility if he wants to just hang it up. He doesn't have a contract over his head. We've heard that from Kevin Colbert as well. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, but ultimately, I think it was a smart move. And also, if it's not playing out, as people are pointing out in the live chat, the last three playoff losses have been really, really bad defense. So even though the regular season stats have been great in the postseason, they have not been and that's what Dave talked about on his stat geek this Thursday morning. Uh, if you check it out, I mean, he really talks about how the regular season success has not mirrored itself in the postseason. So, um, Dave, we'll start with you. Did you like Butler coming back on a year to year basis, or did you think they were going to do something different? Um, I said before replacing both coordinators in the same year with the same head coach that seems very uh, that seems like a tall task so if i had to pick one to stay i was picking butler to stay i think the year to year tells him hey we just don't renew contracts we're only giving you a year so this is kind of like keep it together for a year and then you can have another year i don't think this is as much about butler as it is about the steelers and i really like the move brian thoughts you know, I think Dave hit it on the head. I have no problem with them keeping Butler. You know, I really like when they made that move to keep him as the defensive coordinator, but also let Joey Porter go and let mm-hmm. Butler work with the outside linebackers. And they got back to what they did well when you had guys like Porter there, Porter playing, when you had Debo and Lamar Woodley and Clark Hagans. That was the guy that was the genius behind that with the outside linebackers. He really helped guys like Bud Dupree get better and get, I mean, they he made Bud Dupree great again when Bud wasn't under Joey Porter. So he had a lot to do with that. But as a defensive coordinator, I thought he still did well too um, with everything that was going. Then I really don't think with the year that they had on defense that you just take this guy and say, go away. But the year to year thing works for me as well. You're on notice. Yeah, no, you're right. And the the seat's probably getting a little hotter and that's fine. Sometimes that can be a really good thing for a coach in terms of motivation. But think about this. If Austin were to go to Tennessee and Canada goes to Miami, the Steelers would have to replace six coaches. And that's if they fill all those positions. Cause let's not forget Matt Canada took a quarterback's There was no quarterback's coach there for, as long as Randy Feetner took over as offensive coordinator, he was so, the slash. He, he was, was yes, the quarterback slash. slash offensive coordinator. Right. So if they fill all those positions in, they're going to have to fill a secondary 
the secondary coach, but that doesn't mean they're going to replace Austin's role. So we don't know, but six potential coaches, that's a lot of turnover, as I said earlier, with this coaching staff, something we're not, I have never seen this many coaches need to be replaced in the Mike Tomlin era. If you guys can remember a time, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never seen him, Mike Tomlin, have to replace six coaches in an offseason, and one of them being a coordinator at that. So Real quick before we get on to some other stuff like divisional round picks, even though the Steelers aren't playing, we're going to pick those games for you. Kevin Colbert, this stupid rumor, goodness gracious, how this thing got legs, I have no idea. There was, and Brian, I, I think Bleacher Report, you sent it out on our Slack channel. There were rumors of Kevin Colbert being lured away from Pittsburgh to Detroit, the Lions. Now, I didn't know this, Dave. You said that he was with the Lions before he came to Pittsburgh. I was not aware of that. How many years was he there? 1999, he was, what, their head of scouting or something? Yes. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's news to me. Anyways, um, it turns out to be a BS rumor. You know, it's it's a bunch of malarkey, not Mike. It was just a bunch of BS. And so was there any validity, or did you ever think to yourself, maybe Butler is, or I'm sorry, maybe Colbert is going to be gone, Brian? I didn't really think so. And I thought it was a situation that if he went, that they were going to go ahead and move Omar Khan into that situation. And if he was really wanting to leave, but he has a a lot invested here in in Pittsburgh. I can't see him going to a place like Detroit, which, you know, choose people up. We saw choose GMs up, choose a lot of executives, coaches up like crazy. And I, I just really didn't see that happening at all when this guy is year to year because he is at the point in his life and career that he's ready to hang it up and he's going to go out on his own terms. Don't see him starting over. I agree. Dave, what are your thoughts on that rumor? Yeah. Um, wasn't there also something about his son being involved or, you know, I think at one point I heard that I swear it started with some radio personality in Detroit that had a source and next thing you know, like 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh's talking about it. And this thing just starts getting legs like crazy. And it turns out it was all literally the, the guy that started it actually came out and said, I was wrong. Like, I, I blew it. So, well, he said he had a source, but yeah, he said source, it was way off. <laughs> I'm wondering if there was really something going on in the front office. And there is something with his son, but not even as the GM. And, by, and because of the name or whatever, it got misconstrued i don't know what that was i i can't even remember what it was about the whole thing with with his son but uh just it, it's very interesting because everyone's like yeah and he they're offering him a deal we're like then detroit's going to be in trouble for tampering because they can't talk to him he's under contract through the draft so yeah that was that was interesting I called BS on that from the moment someone sent it in the Slack channel. I'm like, that's not true. Like that's literally a bunch of BS. Like that's not happening. So anyways, I just want to get your all's take on that. While we have, while we're talking about this, before we go to our picks, bold predictions and trivia, I want to get your all's take on the Nickelodeon game. So last week, if you saw it, the saints and bears game was also simulcast on, was it on Nickelodeon? Yes. And they had like the slime zone and they had, SpongeBob's face in between field goal posts and whatever. Um, I was on I was on Twitter and I saw a clip of this, and so I quote tweeted it and said, "The NFL has got to be this is embarrassing." And you would have thought that I was calling each and every person that has a Twitter account that there I was calling their mom something very very bad. 
they're like, how dare you say this? Blah, blah, blah. Before I get give you my take, and if you listen to my Let's Ride, you know my take. But still, I want to get your all's take because you all have children. I have children. On this game, I did not watch a second. I just saw the Twitter video, which showed a lot of the stuff that they were doing. Brian, we'll start with you. What was your take on the Nickelodeon game? First and foremost, I did not watch the game. And the reason I didn't watch it is because the Chicago Bears were involved. And I knew it was going to be a boring game. Seriously, I, I might have watched a second of it. I did what you did. I watched the highlights. I saw the slime zone. And there was a woman commentator to go, wow, the slime. And she was like, wow. Like, it was like this great thing because you had this graphic and they had the uh, the line of scrimmage moving. It was like green and purple and they had the graphics they had. And they actually did slime. Sean Payton at the end, they were going to slime the winning coach. And they did. I watched the video of him getting slimed. He got a bucket of slime on his head. When I told my daughter, who is 11 years old, about this, she kept on asking, who's going to get slimed? Did he get slimed yet? Is Mike Tomlin going to get slimed if they win? Who's getting slimed? When's Mike Tomlin getting slimed? I'm like, Mike Tomlin, it's not that game. Okay. But she kept the next day, who got slimed? That's all she wanted. She actually wanted to watch football because of it. And that's why the NFL wanted to bring in younger viewers. I just think to do that in the playoffs is really crazy. You know, that's that you don't need gimmicks in the playoffs. Here's the thing. When you go to a Pittsburgh Steeler game, Dave, you're, you're the person to ask this. How many times have you walked through the turnstiles at Heinz Field and they gave you a bobblehead? How many times did they give you any kind of item? About half the time. Okay, Dave, you just ruined it for me. Because <laughs> you want to know the truth? Like they give out the they give out pink terrible towels in October. Um and things like that. Yeah, they give out stuff at Highfield. Okay. Um I thought it was like uh, a little scratch you, card. You totally ruined the punchline of his I know, but I have to be I, honest. I, I thought that was Steeler Nation Unite that did that stuff, but yeah, I thought yeah, Steelers Nation Unite's always doing promo stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Doing. And that's Steeler, but I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Who's handed it to me? They're handing me a free pink, terrible towel. Yeah. Yeah. One, but one uh, in the same. Anyways. Anyway. But what, what my point is when you go, when you look at the Pirates schedule every year, they've got all these, I mean, almost every night, it's some kind of promotion to get people to walk through the door. You don't need gimmicks in the NFL. You shouldn't need gimmicks. I know viewership has gone down, but to go ahead and throw SpongeBob between the uprights and kind of and slime a coach. Can you imagine Belichick getting slimed? Oh my gosh, he wouldn't agree to do it. I mean, that would have blown up in their face. I mean, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous to me. Dave, what's your take on the Nickelodeon game? Okay, well, I was watching that game somewhat um, downstairs in my in my setup where i do get, go for steelers games was trying a, a different tv setup things like that needed to go upstairs and make dinner quick because i was getting ready for the steelers game i said i want to turn on the football game i said you know what the kids are here turn it on nickelodeon and they're like what and i said just just do it since they're there and i wanted to get an idea what it was and you I didn't need these gimmicks when I was a boy back in my day when I walked uphill to school both ways in the snow, you know, <laughs> than me. But you want to know what? I didn't need it either because you know what I did on Sunday? We had one TV and it was on football. That's not how it works now. Everyone's on their devices doing. I only things. have one TV, Dave. You know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> 
between the smartphones and the tablets and the six TVs in the house and everything, it's not the same. Every it's just the way our society is. We all don't gather around and, and watch something together nearly as much as we used to. That's a big deal in my family when we do, and we try to do it when we can. That was anytime the TV was on for me growing up. So it's a different world from when we were kids because of all of this added stuff. And therefore, they're like, there are kids out there that they don't understand. And what were they doing? They were explaining how things work. I'm sitting there realizing when, whenever my son wants to learn stuff, and I'm trying to explain explain to him how the game works, you know, I like that they have the yellow line on there for the first down. You know, when they first put that yellow line on there, how many people complained? Why are they bothering doing something like that? People just need to know what the sticks are. Pay attention to the game, blah, blah, blah. Now everyone, everyone's always looking at the yellow line, okay? They did this to try to engage some younger viewers. They didn't do it on every for every game and they didn't make you have to watch it. It was an extra channel adding in no harm, no foul. And if you just want to complain about it, you can go back to shouting at clouds. <laughs> I'm, I see. Here's the thing. And if you listen Dave, I know you listen to let's ride. So I, I know Brian didn't, if you listen to my rant. You, it was, you didn't. It's, it's okay. But if, if you listen to my, my issue wasn't with the game. It was with, the fact that the NFL had to do it. Why in the world? Okay. Thank you. That is why in the world does the NFL, because their demographic is going the wrong direction. The NBA is opposite. The NBA young people are flocking to the NBA like crazy. They love it. They love the trades. They love the high, the big money. They love everything about it. The NFL, the demographic is not getting younger. And so I understand why the NFL did it. And I understand that I didn't have to watch it. I didn't. However, the question I have is the NFL's got to figure out why can't they attract these kids without doing a slime zone, SpongeBob's fat face between field goal posts. That's the stuff that I want to know. Why is the NFL all of a sudden? Because guess what? As a kid, I didn't step foot in a stadium to watch a Steeler game until 2003. I never saw the Steelers at Three River Stadium. I didn't see them until Tommy Maddox and the 6-10 and 10 Steelers played the San Diego Chargers at Heinz Field a guy from my church was giving away tickets and just said, here, take them. Great seats. They were horrible that season. It led to Ben Roethlisberger. And that's so when I went to the first game the next right. year. So it was like, for me, I watched, all I did was watch them on TV. I never got to go, even though we were only an hour away. You just could never get tickets because, well, they were expensive and I didn't, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Still, I just don't understand where the, where's the disconnect, you know, from, Maybe it's the fact that, you know, I grew up in an NFL where I loved watching on Monday Night Countdown the jacked up segment. I thought it was great. The big hits, you hear guys go, you just got jacked up. Well, they don't let them do that anymore because they don't want to glorify the violence of football. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe I fell in love with the fact that Joey Porter went on to a Baltimore Ravens bus and said, I'm going to fight the whole freaking team. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But to me, like kids, how do you, I don't know how you don't like it. I mean, my kids love watching football with me unless Dave's kids come over and they're distracting them. Yeah, but I mean, like the, the playoff game, my, my kids, even my daughters that are young, they don't know what the heck they're watching, but they're up and they're asking questions and I'm explaining stuff to them. I don't understand why they have to do it. That's my thing. Like, don't care that they did it. I don't have to watch it. So that's fine. The Muppets, that's a different story. I didn't like that altogether because I had to watch that. But still, the, why the NFL's got a, they got a problem on their hands. If they have to do that, that means that kids are not watching the product in its natural state. And that's a problem. They should be concerned. That's just my, no, just my Jeff, 
you got to get them to turn on the channel. By and if they use a gimmick to, like Brian says, if they use a gimmick to get you in the stadium, then you might fall in love with the players. You, you know, by giving them a bobblehead, you get them that you, you get them. I'm not to- disagreeing with you, Dave, but the question is, why do I need a gimmick to watch the game? You when- don't. That's why you watched it. No, on I'm saying, I'm saying, like, even for kids, like, my kids don't need slime zones to watch football. They, li- they like it just because I like it. They, they watch that game until I turned that on because. They, if it wasn't the Steelers, they weren't interested. So that's just Here, how it was. Here's, here's my take on this. When we were growing up, whether it be the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, you had three networks. We didn't even get Fox until 1986. You didn't even get that network until then. There were only three channel networks. Eight. It was ABC. C- What's that? It was Channel 8. I, I didn't hear you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember I actually that. worked for them. Um, but ABC, NBC, and CBS, and that was it. And you watched those games on Sunday because there was nothing else to do. Everybody watched the Super Bowl. Now, you don't have to watch the Super Bowl because there's a puppy bowl. And there's Lifetime having a, a marathon that teaches you to hate men. Um, they, they do all of that stuff. You've got all of these things to watch. And my kids don't have to watch it because there's always something they can watch. It's like uh, Bruce Springsteen had a song in 1991, 57 channels and nothing on. Well, there's nothing on, but you don't have to watch football. The reason I became a Pirates fan is because they were on every night in Johnstown. Every Almost every away game, they were on because the Pirate Network was on the NBC channel. You weren't watching NBC. You weren't watching Chips because you were watching the Pirates. And guess what? I'm not watching Knight Rider. I want to watch the Pirates. The Steelers were a family thing. Everybody gathered, and there was nothing else for anybody to do. It was there. So people grew up loving it. Now my kids aren't exposed to it because they don't have to. Bring it up, Jeff, because I want to talk about it. Kathy brings up, gives us two dollars, and says, "Fingers crossed, fans in the stands in 2021 will help." Is that what you're going to talk about? Dave? I don't know if she means help within the Pittsburgh Steelers and everything, which I agree with that. But if you're talking about the question we're talking about is getting younger viewers and everything else, absolutely that will help. And also, you have to remember the majority, not all, because we still have it on our on our website where where Kevin Smith talks about his season. There was not really any high school sport, high school football, to, or or and youth league football and things like that this year, that helped to engage, you know, young kids with the game. To then they'll want to even watch it on TV. So that if you're ever going to do something like this, this might be the year to do it because you know, as a kid, I remember you know every Friday night I was at the local high school, watch you know watching the game, waiting for them to score for them to throw little plastic footballs into the stands, or even better, you go underneath the stands and the people that can't catch them they fall through, and then you can gather them up a bunch of them. So um, that and the cheerleaders couldn't throw them very well, so you knew they were going to end up down there anyway. So um, I digress. Um, at least you didn't learn how to hate men, right? Right on lifetime. <laughs> so. that is a problem with overall with the game. So I understand that they did it. I didn't see that there was any harm in it. Oh no, it's, there's no harm in it. I said that I will say this. if, If the NFL wants to get kids, local kids involved, you know what you do. If a game isn't going to sell out, you get extra tickets. You take them to the boys and girls club and you say, you want to go to a game for free. You want to go to a game for free, get butts and seats. Cause those kids can never afford to go to a game. Mm -hmm. Tickets are ridiculously expensive. 
I couldn't take my kids to an NFL game. I have five kids. You know how much money that would cost me? Hell, the Pirates suck, and I can't take them to a Pirates game. It's so expensive. I mean, come on. Like this is this is also something you got to think about too. Like the NFL, you see these stadiums like Jacksonville, they never fill out. Oh my gosh, give the tickets away. Give them away. Give them to the kids and get them to the game. And, and they'll they'll fall in love with the game once they're there because seeing it in, in in live action, it's just like hockey. Everyone says, "I hate hockey." Go to a game live. Go to an NHL game live. You'll fall in love with the sport because it's totally different. Okay, I digress. Division round picks. You all ready? We're going to go through this quick. Here right. we go. Los Angeles. This is a. I hate these times. They're stupid times. Four thirty-five. Los Angeles Rams. This is Saturday. Go to the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are giving six and a half over under forty-five and a half. Brian, who you taking? I think the uh, Packers are going to have 45 on their own. I don't care how good the Rams defense is. Aaron Rodgers is in that zone. This is a free pass for them. The Rams offense is not the same. Jared Goff, his thumb is still hurting. He did not even look good when he came into that game for Wolford. So what I'm saying is, go ahead. You give away six, that's it? My gosh. I mean, give away 16. Packers are going to roll. Dave? I don't think the Packers are going to roll. I think they'll win and I think they'll cover, but I'm calling an under because, you know, the the strength of the Rams is their defense, and therefore I just think it'll be a lower scoring game. Did you even expect the Rams to get here this week? A lot of people did not. I mean, our picks were straight Seattle last week, so I I wouldn't count the Rams out, but – you know, the Packers did get to the question is, are they going to rest up and come out strong or are they going to pull a Pittsburgh Steelers and start slow and next thing you know, they can't catch up? I've got the uh, Packers struggling a little bit. They're going to win. They're going to cover, but I have the under of 45 and a half next game <laughs> at eight fifteen. The Baltimore Ravens are getting three on the road against the Buffalo bills with an over under set at 50. Even Brian, who do you like? You know, I'm going to go ahead and take the under in this game, and you can give Baltimore three points. You don't have to. They're going to win this game straight up. Money line. I like it. Okay, what about you, Dave? I'm taking the over in this one because if the if the Browns are going to score in the 40s against the Ravens on like in that Monday night game, this could very well be another shootout that this could be that um, – that, because because I do feel that the Bills' offense is legit – so I'm actually I'm I'm gonna go I'll go a little bit with my heart on this one and I'll take Buffalo and then the over. Wow! So Buffalo giving three. I'm gonna take the Ravens getting three on the road. If they lose, I think it's gonna be really close. But I think Lamar Jackson he got off the you know he kind of finally got off the Schneid got that first playoff win. I think that he'll be okay. fine. And I'm taking the over. In, the, in this game, I'm taking no. the over hard. <laughs> over I'm, 50. I'm taking, I'm, I might go back to the under because it, there's, it's there. I forgot that there's a, there's a possibility of a snowstorm oh, going over this game. never played in snow. So, okay. We'll see so, what happens. Yeah. And then Sunday at not three, not three, 10, not three, 305, 305, folks. Cleveland Browns go to Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round are giving 10. And the over-under is set at 57. Brian, who you got? You know, first of all, if it was me setting the game, it would be at 307. Because um, that's that those are the times that I like. <laughs> you know, this this is a weird game for me because I uh, I, I really think that the Chiefs are going to uh, 
win this game by maybe about 10, but I don't, I don't see it being a blowout. I just see them beating them. I think the Chiefs, uh, I, I know they Mahomes is a couple weeks off. I just think they are primed and ready for the playoffs to defend that title. I don't think rust is going to set in. I think the Browns, hey, they beat Pittsburgh straight up. There were no excuses. You can't blame the refs. You blame the Steelers for that loss. I still think the Browns are not that strong of a team. They caught the Pittsburgh Steelers at the right time and capitalized on all of the mistakes. Kansas City's not making those mistakes. Dave? Yeah, personally, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are ripe for the picking right now. I mean, I don't feel that they have looked that – everyone talks how they were such a big juggernaut. I'm sorry, but, yeah, they, they lost in week 17 when they rested Mahomes and stuff. But, but like, they still only put up 17 on the Atlanta Falcons the week before. So you're, you're talking about how what like when Pittsburgh was winning ugly during their win streak, the narrative was, oh, they're just not really all that good. But then Kansas City gets to where they're 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 winning not definitively. I mean, yeah, like they beat the Dolphins by six, but look at what the Bills did against the Dolphins when the Dolphins needed to win to make the playoffs. You know, they beat the Saints by by three, but the Saints weren't playing all that great at the time. And and I mean they're they're just getting by Denver. They barely got by the Bucks. I mean, they barely got by the Raiders. This is all since their bye week. Their the biggest win they have had since the bye week was six points. And against a bunch of teams that did not make the postseason. So I think I think the Chiefs are ripe for the picking. That is why I was so disappointed in the Pittsburgh Steelers, the fact that they did not win this game against the Browns, because I wanted to see. I wanted to see Baltimore go in there, and I, I think I think Baltimore would have would have handed it to him if that was the matchup this weekend. Because when teams rest their starting quarterback in Week 17 and have the first round bye Here. in the last 15, 16 seasons, they have losing records. They have losing records. So I think that they the Chiefs are vulnerable, but playing against the Browns, that I don't I, I don't think that's going to be a good one for them. So therefore I'm, I'm going to pick the Browns to cover, but I think the Browns are probably going to win or be ahead a lot of the game, but then the chiefs are just going to come back and get it at the end. Sorry if I cut you off there, Dave, Sorry, you're that was a little bit. it was on, it was me. It wasn't you. I'm going to take the chiefs. Okay. I'm going to take the chiefs to win and cover. I think it's going to be close early, but I think the chiefs are just going to steamroll them over. I'm taking the over 57 and again, over hard, on this one. In the last game, 640, not 642, Brian. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. third time's a charm against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints won both meetings in the regular season. Tampa Bay's getting three, and the over-unders at 52. Brian, who you got? I actually have the Buccaneers winning this game on the road. I I think they're I think they're ready. All right. Dave. I'm going Saints because we saw what happened. You could you could say that it wasn't you know, I mean, that game last week, it wasn't ever really close. Uh, but this, you're finally getting Breeze, Camara, Thomas all together. You didn't have it all season. You're getting it now for the postseason. I'm taking the Saints, and let's go over on that one, too. 
I am going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, believe it or not, getting three on the road. They might not win straight up, but I like them getting points, and I'm going to take the under of 52. For some reason, my gut tells me not going to be a high-scoring game, as many might think. That's who I've got. So for me, I've got Tampa Bay, Green Bay, in the NFC Championship game versus the Ravens and the Chiefs. That would be pretty interesting. Uh, if that were to pan out, Brian, you had who in the championship games? I've got the same thing. I've got Tampa and Green Bay, and I have the uh, the Ravens taking on the Chiefs. All right, Dave, what about you? And then, uh, and then mine is is Green Bay and New Orleans and the Bills taking on the Chiefs. All right, very good. Last thing, trivia time. Go ahead, Dave. Take it away. Okay, we are talking. What what was this show all about? What are we talking about for the longest time other than Nickelodeon? Randy Land. Talk about Randy Land. Coaches. We're going to talk about offensive coordinators of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, you know, because the Pittsburgh Steelers are known for having only three head coaches. Um, in the last how many years is it now? I should be the you know being the math guy. I should know that. Sixty nine. Right I mean, it's uh, 50 years, you know, more than 50 years because longer than I've been alive. So, but coordinators aren't the same. Do you guys know the first year the Pittsburgh Steelers officially had an offensive coordinator? <laughs> I will go ahead and say... Let's say I'm just going to throw out a guess here. 75. Was it Tom Moore? I Jeff don't know. Harden? I don't know. Go with, I'll go with what he said. The first year the Pittsburgh Steelers officially had on staff, an offensive coordinator was 1983. Hmm. It is Tom Moore, but it was 1983. Wow. Which, who who was the who who called the plays? It was Chuck Knoll. A TV did too. Terry Bradshaw called plays too. Yeah. So I mean, but really, you know, that's I mean, he basically calls his own plays, but it yeah. was it was Chuck Knoll that was setting everything up. So yeah, it hasn't been nearly as long as head coaches. How many offensive coordinators have they had in that time from 1983? You could probably even start. You could you could probably count backwards if you think you can name them. But you don't have to name him. I'm just asking for a number. Brian's writing him down. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I can, I can go backwards for pretty much a long time with this team. If we go Randy, then we go Haley, Arians, Wizenhunt. Malarkey. Malarkey. Gosh, I'm getting lost in the uh, – Malarkey came around. Uh, Wasn't Chan Gailey there for a little bit? Gailey, Ray Sherman. Um. Kevin uh, Gilbride mm -hmm. was around 97. Um, Ron Earhart um, was in the mid-90s. He was on that Super Bowl team, Earhart. Um, before that, I guess Tom Moore. And uh, I, I think that's it. Am I missing somebody? I'm going to say we missed two, 12. And if Brian sticks with his 10, you guys would split the difference. It is 11. Ah. One, it was Joe Walton in 1990 and 1991. Joe Walton, yeah. All the rest of them, fantastic job. I'm going to ask you one last question about it to let it go. Who had the best winning percentage out of all of them? 
Todd Haley. I'd have to say Ron Earhart. That would be one Ken Wisenhunt. Ah, the Wiz. Uh, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. 70.8 was 34 and 14 from 2004 to 2006. And he was five and one in the playoffs. He always had that trick play ready. Always had the trick play ready. He always knew when to run the gadget. All right, gentlemen, final thoughts here. Let's call it a show. Brian, go ahead. Wow, it has been a fantastic show just talking about the coaches. I mean, it, it kind of feels like uh, feels like a Paul is gone. You know, a cloud has been lifted with Randy gone. I mean, like I said, doesn't take away from Randy the man. We're just talking about Randy the land and Randy the coach and did not like what he was doing with this offense. Didn't like the hire when it happened um, way back in 2018. So with that being said, I'm hoping that this is a transition that the Steelers do well. We've seen them uh, do pretty well with personnel and bringing guys in. I just hope they do it right, and I'm looking forward to a lot of action. And I got to tell you, watching the Slack channel today with Dave, Michael Beck, and Jeff Hartman going crazy when they're like, not another one, because they're like, okay, I've got to write this. Who's writing in this? And it was great because these guys are like, my gosh, I've got other things to do. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so much action and it's just a testament to what we do. If I could pat our, all of us on the back, what we do at BTSC, we make sure we, you get it first. And these guys got on right away on the podcast uh, network. We had it all on there on the editorial side. It's great to see just because the Steelers aren't playing doesn't mean that we're not playing. True. Dave, go ahead. Yeah, my favorite line of the day that I said, Jeff, you've got to say that on the show, was the uh, Randy Land has gone the way of the log jammer. <laughs> that was my favorite one. But all I have to say is this. We were supposed to be previewing a divisional round matchup tonight. A week ago, yep. that's what we thought we would be doing tonight. That's what we hoped we would be doing tonight. And we were not. And when that, and then when we did the post-game show, the, the most disheartening thing about of it is you didn't have that hope for the 2021 season. There are so many free agents. There's so many bad contracts. There's, you don't know what kind of the players are doing, but you know, the coaches continue to do the same old thing year after year and hope that it works and things like that. And honestly, I didn't have a lot of hope for the Steelers in 2021. To me, this changes everything. This this shows me not, not now. Could they get in guys that are worse? Absolutely, they could. I, I mean, I don't know. It would be kind of hard, in my opinion, to find someone worse. But it's the whole notion that there is that the mindset is we are not settling anymore. We are not. The standard is the standard. I thought the standard was going to be mediocrity. You know, we don't want that to be the standard. That they are actually doing what they have to do to change things up to move forward. And I now I am hopeful and excited about everything to come in this 2021 offseason uh, leading into next fall that will be a whole new Steelers team and we'll see kind of what they're doing. If you want my take on the offseason coming up, that's the headline of my podcast for tomorrow, Let's Ride. I'm going to plug that and have you check that out. Uh, all I'm going to say is, sorry, folks, park's closed. Brandyland is officially shut down. <laughs> It's done. Dunzo. Celebrate. Dave, lunch, send us out. Wait, hey. real quick, real quick. <laughs> Moose should have told you outside. <laughs> oh.
<laughs> Sorry, folks. Park's closed. <laughs> go ahead, Dave, one more time. Hey. There we go. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.